Welcome to Servus Scale Up, produced by La French Tech Munich. With this podcast, we want to inspire entrepreneurs to launch and internationalize the startup in France or Germany, especially in Bavaria. Each episode focuses on a challenge in the startup ecosystem that we will review through the eyes of two guests, presenting the startup and the expert perspective. By sharing their respective experience and expertise, our aim is to give you concrete solutions you can apply to take the leap of expanding your startup abroad. We hope you'll enjoy it, and as we say here in Bavaria, Los Gates! Hello everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Servul Scale-Up, the podcast of La French Tech Munich. I'm Nicolas, founding member of La French Tech Munich. Today, we are thrilled to discuss one of the top challenges faced by startups and scale-ups crossing the Rhine to make it in Germany. And this is how to find and attract the right talent in Germany. Success and expansion is not just about technology, but it's all about talent scouting and recruiting. A startup's growth depends, of course, on its ability to acquire and retain talents. On the agenda today, we are going to touch base on recruitment topics, key learnings, and of course, come up with the best practices, the do's, the don'ts that hopefully will inspire you as entrepreneurs. To get around these topics, we are really pleased to get today two brilliant speakers. Thomas Veyant, Managing Director d'Art at Content Square. Content Square was the first French startup to become a unicorn in the year 2020. Founded in 2012 by Jonathan Cherky, Content Square is a user experience optimization and analysis platform. The company belongs to the next 40 and raised 408 millions in 2021. So, Thomas, very welcome on this podcast. Thank you. And to get even deeper in this topic, I'm pleased also to welcome a recruitment expert in the person of Helmut Merkel, managing partner at 3C Career Consulting Company. 3C is a successful Munich-based executive search firm, and Helmut brings with him an extensive expertise of 20 years in the selection of sales and managing positions in the B2B SaaS and platform industry. So welcome Helmut as well on this podcast. Welcome. Maybe to set up a little bit the context of these topics, how to find and attract the right talents in Germany, could you let us know, Thomas, your story? When did you start at Content Square? How have you been convict, convinced to join Content Square? So please, Thomas. Thank you very much again for having me. Um, I started Content Square around about four and a half years ago now. Um, so I think November it was, um, back in the days, was cold, went to Paris. And uh, what, what convinced me was basically two people. First of all, a guy called Pierre Casanova, who is now our chief revenue officer, who I've known for a long time from um, from Adobe. And uh, he introduced me to John Turkey, uh, who, who you've mentioned is, is the, the founder and now still CEO of the company. And... Um, It was just, it's just a very inspiring personality. The ones of you who have had the chance to meet John um, will probably attest to that. Um, just a very interesting character. And it's just a very, very cool software. So um, I saw the potential of the software. I liked the software and I really liked the culture of the company. That's why I joined. 
as the first person on the ground in uh, Germany to bring us to the topic of today. And it's probably the most relevance I can bring to this. How do you um, scale? And I would say, judging by the numbers, quite successful uh, un until now. How do you scale a company as a French tech startup um, in Germany from zero to now 42? Um, that's that's the story that I, I, I'm hoping to give you some insights today about. Thank you, Thomas. Elmut, could you maybe introduce a little bit yourself and the services you are offering? Nicholas, thanks for your kind invitation. So um, I'm managing partner of 3C. Uh, 3C was founded nearly 20 years ago. Uh, our or my core focus are B2B SaaS companies, so companies, mostly international companies, US companies, French companies that are entering the German-speaking countries, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Um, and we, we place let's say, ideally, always the first man on the ground and then expand the teams and supporting the teams by adding additional sales-relevant um, candidates and positions. Um, we do roughly 100 assignments a year, so you get an indication of, of, of how, how much uh, we are uh, handling, and it's, it's an extremely booming market at the moment. Thank you, Elmut. Uh, so you, you, you support regularly French startups and scale-ups who want to cross the Rhine, let's say it like that. We all know that the German candidate market is tough, and we also know that the German have a bit the reputation to be a bit risk-averse. So I would like to, to ask the same question to both of you. Elmut, how do you convince a German candidate to join a company which is just starting in Germany? and especially a French startup with all kind of uh, bias that French startups can have. So how do you do that? And what has been until now so far your experience on that? Well, you know, um, the, the B2B SaaS market actually is dominated by US companies. So, and there are actually people who have gained lots of experience working for US companies and that a little bit are looking for something different. And, you know, working for a French company is completely different as working for a uh, U.S. company. So the trigger is it's a European company to work for it. And the, 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 the imp most important topic is the participation in the uh, success of, of this uh, uh, um, building up an, a new organization, building up a, a team in the German-speaking countries, uh, participating in the, let's say, a potential IPO, potential exit. So that's the, the most important trigger for people to consider to join such a, such a role. Thomas, um, I don't know if uh, before Content Square you already have experience with French company, but uh, you say before, okay, I really like the culture of, of Content Square, I really like the software itself. Uh, do you think that uh, because enfin, is, is the French culture or did the French make the difference to convince you to join Content Square? What, what can you say about you know, German-French culture difference? Is, is there something uh, specially about French startup? What, what is your experience on that? So firstly, I would mirror what, what Helmut said that um, 
I think a lot of the candidates really like the fact, and that sounds bad, but they really like the fact that it's not an American startup because they've they've seen they've seen American culture. Um, there's certain things that are good about that, but um, you know, as being in Germany and a lot of American um, startups, you have the notion that you say that those Americans don't understand Europe, that we're not one country and whatever. So, and I think that that, that that's a big benefit of working for a European company. Um, if that's French or German or whatever, but it's definitely working for a European company who has the DNA of understanding that there's different regions, that there's different, um, different ways of doing business in those different regions and that the company, um, isn't just rolling out a sales strategy and whatever across, uh, across the globe and just replicates and wants to copy paste. I think that's a big advantage of any European startup in tech because uh, for hiring in Germany or in, in those countries, because, um, yeah, people go like, finally, someone has understood that this is different. So I, I, I've, I've, I've seen that notion. So I would totally mirror what, uh, Helm would said there. Um, especially about French culture. Um, I said that when we had a conversation to, uh, to start this, um, unfortunately you will not be able to listen to my fabulous, uh, German accent, which, uh, you would immediately question where this comes from. Uh, it comes from La Région de la Sarre, as they say in French. Um, this is where I grew up. So I have a very strong tie to, to French culture from where we are. And this is for good and for bad, you know, sometimes you don't like your neighbors that much. So there is certain stereotypes about the immediate neighbor where you're like, mm, I'm not sure. Um, but working for a French company now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. And that is, a, because Content Square is just, there's really good people here that are, um, yeah, that just have the, the heart and the mind in the right place. And um, also the French stereotypes, savoir vivre, walking around in Paris, doing business there. There is an element to that as well, but I think it's it's mostly the people, the culture. It's a very cosmopolitan culture. Now speaking about uh, your role as a country manager of Content Square, so you start... Uh... Uh, being in charge of the Da region for an half years ago, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So I'm, of course, uh, interested to understand. So you start, uh, which position did you fill first? How, how you set up your team? Um, how did you find your first team member? So how did you start? First day, day one, you have to build your team. What, what did you do? And, and yeah, speaking about, of course, recruitment matters. So I think the most important thing is when you start any country, and that's the same for Germany, is that those things are not done in PowerPoint or in Excel. Those things are done in front of customers. So the main thing that you have to do is you have to go out there and talk to customers. And how far is this solution that you're offering relevant to the German market, relevant to German customers, relevant to the whole thing, right? In, in in our area, it's a lot of data privacy, GDPR, a lot of things like that. And there, Germans are different than other people. So you have to find out, does that cut it or not? That's number one. So to come back to your question, what does that mean for the type of people that you need? First of all, you need people that are capable and willing to get their hands dirty, to go out there and do the job of advocating the software, the solution, the benefits, and, and selling. And um, at, at the start, because yes, you have to do some marketing. Yes, you have to do, you have to do cold calling. Uh, you have to go to events. You have to, and you're the only person. 
That means that at the event, you are building the booth. That means that you are making the follow-up call. That means that you are taking a meeting. And that means that when the customer tells you that they need parts of that contract that you have translated to German, that you have to either do it yourself or find someone. What I'm trying to tell you is you need an entrepreneurial spirit that just wants to uh, GSD, get stuff done, or there's another word for the S that you could associate with that, get stuff done. And so you need this entrepreneurial kind of character that wants to move forward. For second, third, fourth, whatever employee, firstly, you want to scale that entrepreneurial spirit, three, four, five employees, until you can start splitting it out into functions. So one of the first functions that you need is after you've won some customers, probably someone who can take care of those customers whilst you're still out in the field. So you would associate that with a customer success role. Then you need someone to make more use of your time to help you with those marketing events, to build the booth, to do that. So you split out marketing. Then you split out the SDR work, the cold calling. So you start building these separate teams. And that's that's how we scaled. Very good. And um, how, how did you find your first team members? With your network, with uh, job advertisement, with, with recruitment agencies? How, how did you get started? So because this market is so, as you guys know, and this is also what we're talking, uh, this is market is incredibly competitive. Um, the first thing you do is you try to put your personal weight onto that game of winning the edge over other companies. So you go to your personal network, you explain to them why you joined this company. You're very passionate about it. And then sometimes they understand that maybe they should join that gig as well. Uh, so you start with that, which is what I did. So the first couple of people um, came through my personal network. There were people that I worked with in the past um, that I had known from previous jobs. And this is how you start, which is great. But the downside is, I mean, this is hyper growth, right? In, uh, in four and a half years from zero to 42 is just, that's fast. That's a lot of, it's not like you have 42 interviews and there's 42 great people starting. There's a, uh, There's a little bit of a hit, hit and miss as well. So there's a lot of interviewing. There's a lot of um, market research that needs to be done. So you can't do that anymore yourself. You have to scale via professionals. Um, because like I said to you beforehand, you carve out as, uh, CSMs, you carve out marketing. A thing that you can't carve out for 42 people is someone that helps you hiring locally. That's not going to work at that scale yet. So you go to an external recruiter and you look for someone who, who knows the market who knows candidates, who understands the SaaS world, because that's not just, you know, it's a bit different than normal software. So you go to someone externally, a professional who helps you to do that. Okay, very, very good. And um, maybe, Elmut, what, what would be your recommendation uh, st starting from the, from the first day, starting from zero? In terms of finding the right... Yes. Well, I'm always a fan of finding the people who know the topic and the market and the relevant, um, uh, let's say, um, clients already. So, uh, to you know, time is a critical factor to, to, to speed up and, and to, to find a candidate who is not really familiar with the solution of the company or the market or the co relevant contacts. I'm always hesitating. So, my, my, my preference is always... A sweet spot candidate is a candidate who can start on day one because he knows exactly whom to target. 
he might not know the solution already, let's say 100%, but at least he, he knows where to address it. And, and this, this is an, you know, it's, it's a quality of, 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 of a person like us, of our, our service delivery is to find those who are really know where to go. Very good, very inspiring. Thomas, uh, you spoke uh, briefly before about uh, choosing and working with professionals. Why uh, should we consider or you consider choosing a recruitment agency and, and uh, which criteria are relevant for you to select a recruitment partner? Because we all know that there's full of recruitment agency in Germany, in UK. Uh, what has been until now uh, you, your criteria to, to, to find them and, and with uh, which success uh, you, you, you work with companies? There's an English proverb that says the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Um, and along with that is, I think, the best way of um, getting to know if an agency is actually not just selling themselves well, but actually delivering is um, to say to them, hey, bring me some profiles of candidates that you've been talking to. Like if, if, an, if a recruitment agency is recruiting for SaaS specialists, And what we do is so new that you won't find someone who knows exactly what we're doing anyway. So someone who understands the German market, understands our client, our target customers, and understands SaaS, it's a decent fit, right? So I'm always willing to talk to those people. So the way that I normally do it is I say, hey, if, if you know the market that well, if you have that many candidates, how about you bring me two or three? Um, I'll interview them and, and then, you know, I, I can give you feedback on what I liked and what I didn't. And um, so what it boils down to, if you look at that, it's, it's trust at the end of the day that the people that you work with understand what you want. And that also builds over time, right? Like someone can only understand me well if we've worked together, if they know, you know, Sometimes I might be a little, a little bit special. Some people might think I'm a little bit odd in some areas. But, you know, this is how I am. This is how I work. And it's just important for the people that I need something from um, that they understand what it is. So it's this understanding of what is the culture that we have, that we want to have, what's the business acumen that we want to have. That's, that's an understanding that this, the, the, the recruiter needs. And the second thing that is crucial is they need to have good connections in the market. They need to have the trust also of the candidates. So at the end of the day, I think the recruiter game is a trust game par excellence. They have to get the trust of the, the, the people that need to be recruited. And they also have to gain my trust that I believe that they can be the matchmakers. Okay, so thanks. So I, I understood that now you are or you recruit 42 persons in four years and a half, correct? Yes. Uh, how uh, many persons did you recruit yourself and how many did with recruitment agencies? I think it's about 15 people at the beginning overall. I mean, there are some, um, some people that come in and then some people that leave again. But like, I think 15 people roundabout, I'd say, through personal network, um, references from the new employees that come in that know someone from a former company and so on and so forth, which is also good. Uh, we play a lot on that as well. Um, but I'd say around about half of the people, let's say, that are in, in the company now have come through professional recruitment agencies. And, and considering uh, that, of course, talent acquisition is a key asset for, for a company like Content Square, 
When did you decide to recruit a, a talent acquisition manager? And do you have uh, in your team someone who is dedicated to talent acquisition? Yes. So we um, the, the, there's a difference between the decision when I decided that I wanted to recruit one and when I got one. There's a, that's that's different timeframes. Uh, if I would have to do it again, start earlier. Um, we, we got a talent acquisition manager about half a year ago. And, um, I keep on saying, and, uh, if you listen to this, Patrick, uh, this is for you. Um, he's, he's changed my life, right? Because he's, it's, it's just so much, he's more effective than I was on my own beforehand. Um, he handles more volume than I could beforehand. Uh, therefore, if you're more effective in screening and the volume is better, the candidate, the influx of candidates is, is more and better. So, um, fantastic asset to the team. Um, it, it, it's a scaling thing, right? You can't have, you need someone locally. I think that's the major message for the audience here. It's important that people understand the market. It doesn't matter where they sit, but they need to understand the German candidate market. And that's important. And yes, there is really good agencies in the UK that do that. Yes, there is really good agencies in France that won't be able to handle that. The likelihood of someone understanding the German market who lives and works in Germany is just higher. It's just a numbers game. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the most important um, the most important thing there. Okay, very good. Edmund, any any remarks on on on, on this topic? Uh... Well. What we what we realize at the moment and see from can, or hear from candidates is that candidates at the moment are highly penetrated by companies or recruiters like us, and you know, it's it's then still a difference if you are contacted in your somehow local language or just be treated from a kind of call center from somewhere outside of uh, Germany. And uh, we, our feedback that we receive is that people even don't pick up it's, if it's a plus four four number, for example, and, and just because they, they receive 10 calls a day, minimum. So, and that's then the first, let's say the first contact is, is key. It needs to be accurate and uh, with high quality. Very impressive. Um, Another topic I would like to, to touch base is uh, how do we attract candidate? I mean, a candidate who is receiving 10 calls a day or 10 emails a day, um, if he's uh, passively looking for a position, he will be attracted for something. So, Thomas, is, is salary uh, still uh, an important attracting factor? Is work-life balance an important attracting factor? How, what has been in the last four years and a half your uh, key learnings about, okay, how do we attract good candidates? Um, my VWL professor, my economics professor would probably not like me for this because this is what I learned from him. <laughs> um, money is a hygiene factor. Um, what that means is it's really bad if it's not there. If a house is sturdy, you feel it. But if a house is clean, you don't really realize it's just clean, right? What I mean with this, or what I learned from this is money needs to be market competitive. Uh, the benefits need to be market competitive. But 
people that join companies for money and that leave well if they leave because it's not enough hygiene factor that makes sense but if they join a company for money or if a company doesn't pay market standard uh that's both bad so the company needs to make sure that it is that it is with market standard but if you hire people because you just pay them more i think you're going down the wrong track and the people that you attract there are not the people that i would like to work with it's just not the culture that i think you need to work that you want to work in having said that um because we're talking to a french audience here about uh, the differences between the countries the level of salary in the saas environment the hygiene factor is just higher in germany this is not me saying that we like it cleaner to with the hygiene than the french no i'm not saying that <laughs> i just saying money wise um the, the german market is just higher paid so if you want to compete in the german market you have to get to to terms with the fact that you just have to pay higher salaries because that's what people here regard as a hygiene factor something you need to have it's table stakes you need to have that to and enter the game okay thank you elmut you have a great experience working with french startup and kelp uh, we heard a lot of time at french tech that Yeah, French startup are really surprised that salary are so high in, in, in Munich. Is it also something you confirm that there's quite a difference of salary between Munich and, and Paris, let's say, like that? Well, absolutely. My clients are always surprised, actually, about the high level of uh, salaries here in German-speaking countries. Thomas, we, we used to say that purpose is also a very important trends, important trend to attract candidates. Okay. Uh, do you see that also? That it's not just about the salary, it's not just about the work-life balance, it's also about the purpose of the company. That's what I meant beforehand when I said money is a hygiene factor. Um, you know, money is something that's table stakes, it has to be there. If you want to attract the right talent, purpose and a, a working culture in which these people can thrive and develop themselves are probably the biggest competitive advantages that you can have. Unfortunately, it's nothing you can buy on the street. It's something that you need to work on. It's something that you need to stress test every time. It's it's really hard. It's really hard to attract um, people there. But I think it is the one thing that you need to work on in terms of attraction. Again, if you just want to attract with money, I think you're on the wrong track. Great. Uh Elmut, uh, one, one question to you, speaking about the, the, the next topic. If you're able to attract a candidate, um, you have to recruit him. And, of course, uh, recruitment process um, has to be professionally managed. Uh, what, what, from your point of view, are the key uh, elements to be successful in a recruitment process? Well, the first and utmost most important thing is time. Time kills steel in recruiting, especially at the moment. So if the process takes too long, candidates step away. Accuracy is another topic. So um, set appointments, set um, keep keep appointments. That's also important. Give feedback, accuracy in the in the let's say in the uh, uh, interaction with the candidates, and then uh, the experience of the candidates extremely important so he should not be uh, treated like someone who applies he should be treated like someone whom we want to join us 
So that's a different. You know, the, 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 what we realize is companies are desperately looking for additional headcount, but as soon as a candidate is in the play, he is treated like someone who applies and he has sent to deliver and offer, etc., etc. And that's wrong. The more you take care about your candidate, give him a positive experience, the better or the likelier it is that he will join. Thank you very much. It's it's really interesting to hear that. Uh, Thomas, we, we seems to say that uh, the market in the last four years completely changed. So meaning that it's not anymore the company was to the, the candidate was to apply. It's not anymore the candidate was to apply, but the company was to apply. Okay, do you see that also? I was gonna. Um, if you would have asked me a different question now, I would have parked your question because I wanted to uh, just chime in what what Helmut just said. I think he is spot on and you couldn't be more right and i think that's just not that's not a french german whatever thing that's a companies can you please understand at one point now that this is not the game anymore of you decide who you want in your company or not in terms of you have a pool of candidates and you can say like for right in these high pressure high talent we, we demand so much from those people and we need them to fulfill so much stuff you know they need to be intelligent they need to be flexible they need to work under pressure there's so much stuff that we need from a really good candidate from a really good candidate we need to start treating them as such as well and that's also what i meant with money you don't this is not done by just money money just yes it needs to be there and these people need to earn decent decent wages but what helmut said beforehand We need to create, and I'll, I'll go beyond the hiring process, Hel Helmut here, because you know I've, I'm also um, responsible for the day-to-day -day operations. We need to make sure we create an environment that people a want to join and people want to stay in, and that what people want to have a career in, that people want to develop in, not just professionally but as human beings. That's hard. There are so many elements of this, and it's very, very hard, but we need to adopt that mindset. And I think we're not always there because, like Helmut said, we are too often going back to, oh, now you're a candidate or now you are an employee. They're not employees. They're people that want to help us build companies. That's different. It's not like I'll give you a contract, you'll work for me, you work your hours. It's a join the team that works for a purpose with which we want to build something. We need more from them than just the eight hours in a day in terms of motivation. But for that, we also need to give them more. It's not just a contract and a payslip. It's we also need to give them a purpose. We need to give them motivation. We need, need to give them a place to stay. Great. Th thanks a lot, uh, Thomas. Thanks a lot, Helmut. I think we arrive at the end of our podcast. My, my last question to, to finish up and culminate for entrepreneurs listening to us right now is if you have one do and one don't for any entrepreneurs and founders that want to find and attract the right talent, what would be that? What would be the key practice of the do's and the don'ts? Who wants to start? Thomas, maybe? No, I pass that to Helwood. <laughs> The do... Or a key element is what we, what everybody needs to understand. People join companies. That's okay. But their final decision is they join a manager. So if, a, if I, I can only recommend that the involvement of the hiring manager needs to be 
strong needs he needs to show commitment he needs to interact with the candidate it's i know you, you, there's so many so plenty so many things to do but uh, hiring is is a topic that needs to be done and the more involvement of the hiring manager the higher the likelihood that the candidate will join that's let's start with the do's very good uh, very inspiring thomas what is your your do's Again, I'm just making it easy for me here because Helmut is actually saying some quite intelligent things here. Um, I I can just mirror that. Um, it's um, the thing is in these scale-ups or in software sales, and I would normally say I hope my boss doesn't listen to this, but here I can actually say I'm just mirroring what my boss is always saying as well. There is one thing that is more important than revenue or book of business, and that's hiring. Because if we if we don't do that right on the priority list to what what Helmut said beforehand, like yes, there is never enough hours in the day to do everything that we're asked to do. That's hyper growth. That's the nature of, of of the beast. That's the name of the game. But hiring is the most important task any manager has because if you don't attract the right talent and then manage to spend your time in in keeping them and helping them grow, then everything else is nothing. So um, totally mirror what Helm Helmut said. The big, the, the, the big do is hiring first. Focus on hiring. Yeah, perfect. I think Helmut agree and align with what you are saying. Helmut, what about the don't? What, what are the common mistakes maybe well, you've seen to your clients? I, I would say never ask me the question, well, but we have it in France like that and, you know, it works like this. Uh, never ask this question, always ask a question, how is in Germany, what do we need to adapt? V very good. Th Thomas, maybe also about, uh, you know, French, German, what has been uh, the don't you, you maybe uh, will not do anymore? Uh, Copy-paste doesn't work. So one of, the biggest, what, one of the biggest challenges I currently have is on one hand, I want to hire for character, personality, for motivation, for drive. And a lot, a lot you have to do with this is that you have to have a conversation with people. This is how you get it most. Now, that's very difficult to scale because there's unconscious biases that you might have. You know, there, there, there's this whole thing when you scale it, like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be individually focusing on people while scaling at the same time? So, um, but I still have come to the conclusion that the don't is, Try to scale the purpose of what you want to do. Try to scale the, I need to have a personal relationship and I need to enable my managers to have the same kind of level because that's how you scale. And don't try to come along with questionnaires and with, and this is what we do and this is our interview schedule. And th th those are people who treat them as such. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks a lot for all of these key insights. I hope that this is quite helpful for all French and scale-ups who are looking to recruit in Germany and especially in German, in Bavaria, sorry. Thanks for your time to both of you. I think it was a very interesting conversation. Helmut, maybe just one question. How we get in touch with you if any kind of French startup would like to, to recruit people? Well, best is contact me via our website, 3c-career.com. Uh, and we are promising to react as up. <laughs> Great. 
Perfect. Thanks a lot for this key insights. I hope that this is quite helpful for all French startups and Caleb. We are looking to recruit in Germany and especially in Bavaria. Merci beaucoup. Merci Thomas.